Welcome to the No Skips podcast, <laughs> where Jack is always right about what episode number it is, and I have absolutely no concept <laughs> of what episode it is. Every time I look at you, and I'm like, "What episode what is, is this? this?" And you know, every and single I time, I have a coy little grin because there's a part of me that has been taught to doubt that, but I'm dead nuts on. I have a great memory for good music. <laughs> Thank you, listeners. Shut and up. the number of episodes that I'm recording, apparently. I okay. Well, I guess it's easy well. for you to say because you're not also a part of another podcast, or do Patreon, or guest starring on another podcast that you totally. You see how hard you morning. see how hard she's got a front when I challenge her on podcasting. I'm not popular, but I'm a little popular. <laughs> I'm not popular. Nobody cares about me. <laughs> not even the tornadoes. I spend hours chasing. <laughs> Wow. Hi. Wow. Uh, what a week, huh? What a week. And that's our show of episode 20. There Bye. it is. We're wrapping up episode 20. This Tw- is 20? I, I, I'm just making fun of myself and my inability to know numbers. Just, just this is sure. It's good to do a pulse check on me. Pulse check. Pulse check. Pulse Stroke check, check on the podcast. <laughs> this is the No Skips podcast where we cover albums that I have never heard and I'm starting to get frustrated about because I really want <laughs> I really want to hear music that I know, and now I'm I'm thoroughly enjoying this, but I'm just like, I'm dying for the chance for Jack to hear something that I know and love. He knows most I of these albums. I hadn't heard Erica Badu, which I think is maybe the only album really on the list that I wasn't like, at least m- most of the way familiar. I have to look back through them. Yeah, that may be true. That may be true. But I'm dying to like flip this on you, and I can't because script. We're, we only flip it on our birthday week, and Jack's birthday week is not this next week, but the one after. It doesn't have to wait to birthday weeks. You could flip the script on me by well, knowing we... a classic album. <laughs> Circus Survive doesn't count. What I'm hearing is that you want soup for the rest of the week. Soup and chili. <laughs> chili, chili and soup. Chili and soup. Mamma Mia. Mamma Mia. Listen, this week we're covering... Mom and Dad are fighting this week. <laughs> I've had nothing to drink. This is simply just the audacity of myself <laughs> love, going in full. Love that autobio. Autobiography. The audacity, the audacity of myself. Of myself. <laughs> so this week we are covering DJ Shadow's end introducing... 1996 dot, dot, dot. masterpiece. Okay. Whoa. Oh, I'm sorry. No Skips Podcast, uh, better known as... Uh, Lisa finds out uh, that wrong. she hates all <laughs> of the classic albums. No, I just wouldn't have. I, 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 this one was a hard one to think about through and through because it's not. It, it is so different from other albums. For for uh, fans of '90s Court who are listening to the show, this one's going to be a, a maybe more difficult one for you because there are no lyrics at all. And what? S- 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 double side note to, to 90s court listeners. Actually, you're going to have a blast. You're probably going to. This is a great. Al- I, no, no, no. no. Okay. Let me start over. This is a great album. This was just more difficult than I expected to um, consider for the show because of the fact that DJ Shadow is. It broke the mold on he, you. You he, were, were going to just be like, oh, I'm just going to take some notes on the well, on the lyrics. Oh, no. Well, with Kraftwerk, I could at least teabag them on being weird. But but DJ Shadow, you can't front on the dude is dude is amazing. Like the <laughs> the work he did was absolutely monumental for most of the music I like today. Yeah, it just I had not really ever considered where this came from and who sure. was the first to really do anything like this. And sure, um, his whole thing is he's just sample king. 
And yeah, so this this is um, as far as I understand, sampling, of course, had been a a major part of hip hop. But up through the 80s, you had a real struggle to see it as a legitimate part of musical craft. And Mm -hmm. I don't think that's the case anymore, especially with someone like Kanye, who's elevated sampling to this this other sort of rich tapestry like kind of like looking through a prism, right? The, he's he's looking through pop culture. That's something DJ Shadow did, and now, 25 years ago. Actually, November 19th. Don't 19- say those numbers now. 1996, well. November 19th, introducing is released. So I have up on September 16th, 96. It was November 19th in my heart, uh, or just whatever webpage that I came across that, that spouted it off. Maybe in the U.S. Might have been a U.K. UK massive. I think my date might have been the U.K. release. Okay. But what now? What, it charted. It charted he, twenty. It was was top he 20 living albums. in the UK when it dropped? Because he's from California. Yes. No, I I just think it's it's I just think that's that British culture thing. Like think of Portishead, think of Massive Attack, like okay. especially Massive Attack in the n- mid late nineties. Okay. You know. Yeah. Good point. Think of think of think of me- mezzanine fans getting on on this and being like, yeah, dog. Ooh, we should cover mezzanine. Have we not just discussed that as? No, Is it's not on, on the there. List? I mean, I like Massive Attack. I do like Massive Attack. I don't think I've ever listened to Mezzanine start to finish. Interesting. That would be a good one. That's we'll a great listen to album. this. 90s Court listeners, you're listening to Mezzanine now. Turn We're, this turn this off. Turn this off. You're going <laughs> to That's your <laughs> your side quest. Side quest. Oh, side quest. optional side quest unlocked. <laughs> it's Mezzanine. Oh shit. Throwing some tricky. Sure. Why, Why not? not? Why not? So DJ Shadow certainly influenced most of my favorite artists these days is you already mentioned Kanye, who's kind of taken this to a new level. But of course, you've got Jay Dilla, Flying Lotus, mm-hmm. uh, very, very low profile artist that we love, S. Maharba, mm-hmm. which I discovered is Abraham S. backwards, which is this person's name has to be, has to be, has to be. But S. Maharba, that's a great artist. If yeah. you don't know S. Maharba, yeah, look him up. What was that? Great stuff. What was the name of the album? She. She. Yeah, she is probably most of S. Maharba stuff is great. Yeah. If you if you if you listen to DJ Shadow and you like that, get yeah, on the Jay Dilla train, that's get on the Flying Lotus train. Yeah. Get on no, all these trains. And that's uh what I think of when I think of DJ Shadow, there is a clip from, you know, after he got so well, you know, received from this album. Um and I think they you know, the like a camera crew follows him to go like, you know, crate diving right like looking for for albums yeah. you know yeah. in in, a, in a, an old record shop and like i mean he was the point where it wasn't even like record shops it was like hoarders right like people who had like thousands of records for unbeknown reasons you know and it because because the fascinating thing about records is is i could be wrong but i'm pretty sure it's kind of like a like a vhs to dvd kind of scenario where like so many more like a like a an order magnitude more movies were released on VHS than ever hit DVD. And so oh, I feel like there's a similar thing where like records at their heyday, there were just so many records. And so anyway, there's this clip and he's like, he's picking up some goofy ass, like old disco shit or whatever it is, but he picks this up and he just says, you need to have, you need to have respect for, for the music. This is music. This is not only is of course, is something that I'm, I'm, I'm paraphrasing, you know, quite a bit. And it's like not only something that I draw from, you know, artistically, I, I, I pull from this stuff, but someday you're going to be in here 
and you're going to be the forgotten record, right, as an Ooh. artist. And so it was a really wonderful sort of sense of continuity. And here's someone who is mining through and sifting and finding these textures and these sounds and uh, creating this you know, sound collage that is greater than the sum of its parts, but he was very consciously aware of what it meant to be part of that continuity. And it, it kind of goes both ways. Yes, ultimately you're also forgotten, but in a great way, you know, he's not going to be forgotten anytime soon in terms of the people that, that stood on his shoulders. Do you remember... I'm, I'm just this, this memory just came flying back to me, but thinking about the complexity of sampling mm-hmm. and and drawing from inspiration. I remember I I what are, what is the name of the keyboard we have? Oh, it's not the Korg Monotron. It's the yeah. It's just another anyway. It's, whatever it's, it is, it's, it's a recognizable brand. Yeah, it's yeah. Got a little, a we little, have little, we have a little MIDI. I guess MIDI keyboards. Yeah, you it's, it's got it's got a MIDI keyboard with some pads on it, so you yeah, can, you can you can noodle around with when it. When we lived in Seattle before children, maybe even before marriage, we noodled in sampling just for fun, oftentimes with lots of beverages yeah. and just trying around and I or uh, just playing around. And I remember trying this, and it was so much more difficult than I thought it would be. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. for some people, it just flows effortlessly, or they hear something and they hear something very special sure. in what you would never never think twice about sure or rarely would think twice about you'd be like oh that was cool but they hear something totally different it can take a two or four second clip and turn it into an entire four or five minute song oh, yeah. or have it be the backbone for yeah and one you're also you're also working from like reason or uh, ableton live all mm-hmm. this stuff now a computer sort of based suite means that like changing pitch, stretching, time signature stuff. All that mm-hmm. stuff is, is really easy for him or for anyone you know, kind of trying to approach it now. What he made this album on was a turntable, an MPC sampler, and like, mm-hmm. what was the The turntable, and it was an, an Alessis ADAT tape recorder, ADAT. Okay. I don't know if it's ADAT or ADAT, but where's Matt when you need him to tell us <laughs> if we're saying it right? But yeah, he only used those three. Yeah, sampler, the... Technics SL 1200 turntable. Yeah, the, the, the super classic standard turntable for, mm-hmm. for hip-hop. Yeah, and so, wow, I really butchered the spell of Technics in here. Mm. Th- thanks for not helping me out. Um, computer, but but yeah. So three three separate devices yeah, in and 96. Just, and just records. And so, yeah. yeah, exactly. Piecing this together in what to what to us would be manually, right? right. You're hearing the samples. You're, you're kind of... You're putting this because there's no there's there's a little screen on an NPC is my understanding, but it's not like it's not like you it's not like you got a tracker interface and and putting things down that way. I cannot possibly understand the complexity of having made this in '96. I mean, he's like doing math, right? He's doing math to like get you know time signature stuff. And can you imagine doing math for something? No thanks. I'm actually quite good at math, but I wouldn't want to do it here. (laughs) Right. I wouldn't want to do it here. I don't think. Even though anyway, how how did how did this strike you? This was, th- this is, th- I mean, but because of the music that I do like, because I like artists mm-hmm. in this in this realm, this is a timeless album to me. It could have been dropped in two thousand fifteen or ninety six. It it feels timeless in that regard. Yeah. Um, got a lot of, I don't know. It, it's just it's very good. It felt reminiscent of the first year that we met because <laughs> I, I believe that was the year. I believe the year that we met is the year that you either draw, gave me a mix CD or something like that, or a playlist on. I don't remember how we were doing. Oh it yeah. YouTube, but I believe it co- had the the first to last track, which was "What Does Your Soul Look Like?" Part two. The Blue Sky Revisit. Yeah. Yep. And that um and that was on there, and so I didn't know. I'd heard the song for years and sure. years and years at this point. You always told me it was DJ Shadow. That doesn't 
land for me. <laughs> sure. It's the same reason that somehow my brain is not good at attributing mm-hmm. movies to directors. DJ mm-hmm. Shadow just is his own thing floating in space. Sure. Um, now, you, now you landed Now it. I'm like, okay, here it is. Okay, so there's yeah. I'm confronting it now. So it was good to hear that track again. Um, it's really hard to... So, so reading up on this album, he was depressed and having a lot of like self-doubt at the time mm. for this. And, and it's really interesting to think that you'd hear something like that come through in an album that doesn't include lyrics that you wrote right nor original sounds <laughs> right right exactly so how can you i mean it's it's like making a collage yeah and i think that's a, a little at mosaic one in the, at least one interview he, he described it as such so oh yeah collage, yeah that's i mean it's exactly what it is sure. it, it's yeah like a multimedia <laughs> collage it's, it's fantastic it is really good i don't think i didn't like any of the albums the only or any of the tracks i think the only other ones i didn't i didn't not like them i, I liked it all I just whatever kind of had the the like was an organ donor with the Transylvania style music. That's mm. always weird, but he does such a good job with it. I sure. mean, I have no complaints sure. with this album. I also don't really know what to say about it because mm. they're not. There's, I don't know how to latch on to these, but the the use of the use of samples is, is so interesting to me. In that, like, um, I I always think back to Nose Art by Flying Lotus, yeah. the sample of, um. Return to Return to Oz. What was it? Yeah, I believe it is a Return to Oz sample. Yeah, yeah it's just an no incredible sample. It's just like I would have the way he the way he uses that. Yeah, it's just like how do you hear that and how do you, how how does that end up being something that you're sure. like this is going on my album? Sure, you know. And it th- I mean DJ Shadow, this being his what debut album, I believe. You're just no, kind of, not quite not quite his debut yeah. album. Okay, am I whatever the preemptive case. strike was? It says debut ad- album. Well, preemptive strike was recorded prior. Um, but released later. So it's like sometimes you get that with authors where they'll uh, like mm. they'll have written a prior piece, but then they actually get a publishing deal with something. And then the prior like uh, Chuck Palahniuk Fight Club came out. I th- or no um, Survivor came out and then Invisible Monsters came out. Something like that. Mm-hmm. They, there's there's a shuffling in terms of chrono- chronological authorship and release. Uh. So Preemptive Strike, which is also excellent as a double disc. Um uh i believe came out right slightly slightly after this one gotcha okay so that makes that makes sense about that but it was cool because he had a body of work like pretty quickly because i I mean i was this this one blew my head clear off of its shoulders so it just it just it's just a very good album i really i i don't know what to say i mean he comes up when opens with so the the track listing is best best foot forward which is a hilarious uh (laughs) track name for the first track um and i think it does a good job introducing what he and introducing what he's going to be doing uh which is just a one big sample party yeah and and throwing in some crazy beats and was it, uh some not, scratching some some turntable was it drum 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 beat i wrote it down somewhere in here i can't remember not house beats shoot i'll read it at some point on here whatever the case is um yeah there's that one then second track building steam with a grain of salt mm-hmm it's got, you can hear producing. <laughs> yeah. Let's see. This was yeah. I, I I was trying to figure out what the I mean that like women's chorus sounding situation on this track. I was trying to figure out. I, I couldn't tell yeah. if that was a sample or not. It had to. I mean, it didn't. It wasn't listed under who sampled from what I could tell. But that one was curious. Yeah. Interesting. But I don't know. 
mm-hmm. number song, which our our middle child came up and saw it, and I was like, he's like, what's the name of that song? I said the number song. He's like, oh, he's gonna count. I was like, <laughs> I was like, I don't think so, but one can one can dream. This one kind of got like a nasty Chemical Brothers sound to it. A little bit of you yeah. Hear that? It was well that 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 sort of bass foundation of the number song being a Metallica sample that sort of guitar drone sound really is, is sampled from Metallica okay which it really gives it a, a really unique texture I was going to dive into the who sampled for this but it was so dense <laughs> right it, you'd I be think, here all day I want to say it was other like over a thousand samples or something for this I mean, album probably. and I was like all right that's enough that's, the neat thing is you see a little bit I mean that's 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 a joy of of that continuity of 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 like creative work because prior to this, which is a little bit of a you know tip of the hat, because in in Best Foot Forward, uh, I don't want to hear about it. Just Fessen, that's the Beastie Boys, and the Beastie Boys produced one of the most famous sample heavy works, not exclusively obviously because of rapping over it, but an extraordinarily sample dense album called Paul's Boutique. And that was not only sort of a masterclass for sample usage to sort of up the game in terms of sampling, but it was like far enough along that now everyone had to contend with rights clearances and how crazy mm. that is. Yeah. And unfortunately, not everyone's Kanye, where you have an incredible team to deploy, where he probably gets to have almost anything he wants, um, almost. But you've got an ar- army of leg breakers to make sure that that can that can happen. Whereas with DJ Shadow, and then off of DJ Shadow, I think most of the time he was probably under the radar for most of this material. He was probably okay, at least for the shorter ones. But then you you sort of move forward in time from that, and then it just gets to what if you take toik um what if you take that approach how do you how do you get away from uh, not having to clear samples well justice with their famous um what the, the hell the little cross right the cross just the icon right justice um they talked about how when they they're a french french duo um they released that album and they're like we just did micro sampling you know how you don't have to pay for clearances you literally like down to just a single hi-hat or just little hits, like micro slicing, so mm-hmm. that you might have your suspicions, but you'll but never it's know. So tight, and they're like, "Yeah, that hand clap. That's from that's from Fifty Cent's. Um, uh, it's your birthday, whatever that is in the club. Mm-hmm. It's <laughs> Fifty Cent <laughs> birthday club. Birthday club. <laughs> anyway, discovery zone. Th- there's <laughs> a, there's a fascinating sort of history there in terms of not only. The sort of the rise and recognition of sampling as a legitimate art form. And now most people are not really having that debate anymore. And anyone who's still having the debate is soon to be dead in Congress, so don't worry about it. Um, <laughs> they're old. Ha! That's um, the joke. <laughs> that is the joke. <laughs> that is the joke. Please laugh. Um, Please clap. <laughs> there's there's yeah. that element. There's the, there's, the, there's the sort of artistic element. There's the legal element. And then, yeah. There, but, but also there's the... It's fascinating to hear. I was um, I was listening to Kendrick Lamar talk to Rick Rubin, and Kendrick Lamar talks about it's like, oh man, you just like it's great to have just different people in the studio, and like sometimes you get some like real old school guys, like who can like chop and play a beat on a sampler, like an MPC, like like Shadow used to build this, and it's just really funny. It just you look in the mirror and realize, oh, it's because that means I'm old because yeah <laughs> because 
in the place of your youth is how you sort of situate some of this stuff and playing a sampler. Turntablism was still cool, but probably on its way out. Whereas, well, it had, here's the thing. So, OK Computer, Radiohead, they, they, the, the beginning, the sort of the breakbeat beginning of Airbag on OK Computer was a, was a stated reference, or not reference, uh, influenced by DJ Shadow's uh, beat making. Um, there's a bunch of, and I, and then of course, like everyone in the early two thousands, like you kind of like you were by law required to have a DJ on your crew. Like I'm looking at you, Incubus. All of them. I'm looking Incubus. at you, Deftones. <laughs> I'm looking at you, Linkin Park. Linkin Park. Who, who was, um, Sugar Ray even, you know, everyone, everyone's got a damn DJ. Smash Mouth probably had one. Pro- I'm pretty sure. Incubus had the, the craziest you gotta one have, though. That which, dude was, that dude was wild. Let's at least be honest. As a touring band, there is some insurance policy there. If like things really get bad uh, with with uh, <laughs> with with like like malfunctions with with speakers and amps, it could just turn into a DJ set. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> you guys can become a raver group really quickly. <laughs> Very quickly, the show changed, but the show did go on. Wow, Deftones really took a turn. <laughs> Not what I expected. You just say, oh. um total sideline i really want to add to pimp a butterfly to our list i th- i should think so i don't think i ever really gave that album as, as much of a fair shake that's a kendrick kendrick lamar right yeah, yeah. that is his yeah that's that was his, his second second yeah I say, that's a quantum leap artistically from, from number from one because we just talked about this that we loved uh swimming pools or whatever i liked swimming pools this it was a, i remember it, it caught your ear when it came out yeah, I've just always 10,000 years ago. 176,000 years ago. Just but me. anyway, it, it, it's it's funny to me again that, like he would he would describe like playing a sampler and chopping a beat, which is something that, you know, Kanye can still do, mm-hmm. but that is like a dying skill itself. I don't think you hear record scratching like at all anymore in albums, in hip hop albums. Yeah, not really. Uh our buddy Julian from Seattle mm-hmm. was big. I mean, he would he would have his little turntable set up, but he would do some scratching. Sure. And it was fun to hear. And he, he, that guy had some of the, I think you and he could probably really deep dive into music sure. if you really sat sure. along and, and chatted for a while. But he always had, in my opinion, some of the most like unique tastes in music. Sure. And I don't know. Pe- people, people, people who do the record thing, in, there's like, where we are with records, which is like, we have some, <laughs> yeah. we have some, and they're just for fun. Most of them came from Goodwill. Some we've bought new. That's about it. But then there's some people that go one step further, which is where I think our friend Julian was that had like a pretty serious collection. His record player was a whole thing. It was his baby. And this was a devoted space. And then you've got sure. DJ shadow level, which is like, right. You insane. don't even, and well, there, I, I just came across some of there was, there was a, a piece about how they, him and Cut Chemist, who was a, a a good friend of his, and they would do like remixes and mixes together, were doing a tour some years back, where it's a DJ set. You know, they're they're playing rare records, and they're not even playing their own records. They're playing records owned by Africa Bombada. So it's like there's this sort of chain of like showing off about not only like I'm cool, I picked this cool album or particular track and people are like oh my gosh i can't believe and they're, and they're like practically yelling on the mic and he's done this right i remember reading about this and or like watching like clips where it's like 
he would front about how this was an original pressing. Like, you know, it's not a repress. It's an original of this particular album. It's just, it's a real, yeah, it's it's culture. It's it's a lifestyle, frankly. Yeah. All the w- vinyl stuff I'm, goes I'm all the way that. down the rabbit hole. Well, yeah, Mark, our friend Mark also had that whole situation, but he was in a totally different genre of music. Sure, but yeah, but, but holding on to the real records, I mean, it, it, it gets its hooks into you. For I sure. really want to get a second record cabinet storage area so that we can just I hear let, that. just start just yeah start, un- start, undo start, our start pants collecting. and just <laughs> blow it out just blow <laughs> just blow it out uh yeah i don't i don't i really don't know what to say about this album because like you can't you can't comment too much on it's just so hard because like, i i can't sing the i can't <laughs> sing or hum these tracks sure, there are no sure, lyrics sure, sure. to latch on to uh, how about the one with the with the beats really good um, oh, stem slash long stem. I was gonna say what 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 jumped out at you? I would say that's a good song. I think my favorite was where did I? I think Midnight in the Perfect World was mm. my favorite track. It's one of the most like song songs, right? It's it's compact. It's written kind of more in a in a friendlier format. It's mm. not like sort of going you know discursive kind of finding a way. Right, right, right. And it does have a little bit of like a melancholic tone, mm-hmm. which I which I appreciate. Um, Organ donors stuck out. I think only because, I think that one sticks out because my favorite track by Esma Harba was organs. Sure. And so I'm just like, Ugh, wait, what? Organs, you, what? Uh, yeah. Another yeah. another DJ guy. Mm-hmm. Organs. Um, the transmission tracks were nice, like little tiny interludes, which was reminiscent of Erica Badu, as well. Right, because it's the same thing. Uh, different, same format, different context. Yeah. You know. Yeah. It it works as a palate cleanser. And it's not a skit per se, but he's using m- all the transmissions are based on um, sequences from John Carpenter's uh, Prince of Darkness. And oh, it's been years since I've seen it, but it's the the the, the it's buried in, in the vocal mix. But it says, says um, this is this is not a dream. This is not a dream. We're 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 beaming this to your your conscious brain or your unconscious mind, you know, through da 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 da, and that's like that's from the movie, and so it's a, it's a, it's an interesting, just like how electronic music for for the longest time has used little snippets of mm-hmm. from movies and things because as, as evocative as as tone pieces, right? Because there's so much you can pack into the way someone says something. It's not about the meaning or story exactly. It's about setting the tone right. Mm-hmm. And so throughout, I'd say the transmissions um, really do help set the tone. And the various other, there are other spoken word interludes mm-hmm. that are used fairly sparingly. I think sometimes it can get really obnoxious in electronic uh, albums, as in hip-hop albums. But um, for, a, for an album, it's not short. At runtime is like 63 minutes or something. Um, long songs... And he takes his time building, you know, some of these beats and some of these sort of movements even. Um, he's pretty sparing as far as uh, using, like, or leaning on vocal samples that mm-hmm. way. It's yeah. largely it's not that kind of album. Yeah, I can see that. I don't know. I don't. I actually have more. I have more fun thoughts in terms of like questions for you regarding this whole genre as opposed sure. to just discussion about the album. So, so That's one fire, fire away. One, if you could sample rights free, duty free, cruelty free, <laughs> any uh, any movie, which movie would you sample for for a record? Interesting. If you have free range to just take to just take it and be like, yeah, just fucking go to town, dude. Oh boy. 
Um, I'll tell you who, what I what I wouldn't sample is I got genuinely pissed at um, the last Vampire Weekend. Uh, they they flipped a they flipped a sample from Hans Zimmer, which is how you'd say it in German. Uh, Hans Zimmer's um, score for the Thin Red Line, which has I showed you that when we got our new TV and the like the 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 two guys on the on the beautiful um, island, right? Um, and the and the the coral islanders singing is just it's just just gorgeous, and it's a it's a you know it's a, it's a recording you know it's like a proper recording. Well, <laughs> Vampire Weekend flipping that um, sample and then like putting a beat on it, it was just like this actually does feel like gross like you're gross dudes yeah yeah for me i don't it would be like wow gosh blade runner you can't but that's so that's so musically dense i don't even know where you'd end up going with it so like a part of me would love to sample like um there will be blood but that but those are so but the, the 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 really popular lines from that movie got taken pretty hard to the bank when the movie that's was true. popular. Not, I would never do the milkshake thing. Too obvious. But but the, the, that's the cool part. But and that that's, might be fun. Like, I, I think I, that's what I drink your milkshake. <laughs> no, you don't want to hear that. It could be pretty corny. It could be fun. I, actually, I know a guy who uh, did a whole album long mix that is very heavily lined on the vocals from Glenn Gary Glenn Ross, which really uh, works out well because that that. Uh, Dialogue is very musical anyway. Mm. It's just, that, well, musical with swears. Um, Sounds like my kind of movie. It's great. Everyone. Well, if you want to <laughs> ponder the movie question a little bit longer, what would be your DJ name? Um, dog Whistle. <laughs> DJ Dog Whistle? <laughs> Not coming to the stage. DJ Dog Whistle. I don't know. What's your? My what's DJ, your name? DJ name? DJ Nader. D- R- as in Ralph Nader. Okay, DJ Ralph Nader. DJ Ralph Nader. DJ Ralph Nader's presidential run. What year was that? Who cares? Who's talking? What? 2008? Who said that? Did, who's who's there? Show yourself. <laughs> um, do you have a favorite sample that you've heard used? Not it doesn't have to be a most iconic one. Like here I'll go first just to give sure. you time to think cuz I know I know you don't you don't do well under time precious person, but my favorite sample of all time still has to be um Captain Captain Murphy's mm. Mighty Mighty Foreskin track where he samples Heaven's Gate. Mm. That guy. Crazy. No. Jonestown. Jonestown. Jonestown yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. I was not saying, Jonestown Gate. get got a lot of sample use. But he I believe he used some of the music from Jones from Heaven's Gate, but I could be wrong. Interesting. Didn't they use kind of do 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 do? I don't know. What I, I may be making that up, but they they they, they used, he used some samples from I'm pretty sure Heaven's Gate and Jonestown. Uh, I, w- I would say um, the one without, yeah, without going sort of famous. Those are Colts, by the way, if you don't know Heaven's Gate and Joel and Jonestown. <laughs> I'm obsessed with Colts and tornadoes. I'm a cool person. <laughs> Sorry. I think, um, yeah, to go with, well, for an example, to keep a little more on topic, uh, DJ Shadow um, on Preemptive Strike has a really long, uh, same kind of thing, very down tempo, very like uh, these albums, as you might imagine. I threw on just a lot where mm-hmm. it was just like, I don't necessarily want to be like on it, on it, but I'm like, I'm studying or I'm drawing or I'm doing something else. Yeah. These were, these albums were just constant companions because they were just great to, to just soak in. Um, but he, 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 there are two audacious in their own way samples off of preemptive strike. One is, um, 
he flips the drum beat from U2's Sunday Bloody Sunday, which is a very oh, famous okay. martial kind of cadence. But even the recording of the drums is so specific and so rooted to a specific track, it's audacious because it's like, how can you remove that from that context? But he, he chops it enough to change the pattern, and then the song that follows, it's like, okay, you actually kind of pulled it off. In a similar way, um, one of the first or second track on, on Preemptive Strike um, has, again, has this sort of long, languid you know, beat that he builds up, and then there's a sort of, you know, one of his favorite kind of cinematic kind of lulls and then he drops, um, the tracks go off in this direction, which is Star Wars. And that's ballsy because to invoke Star Wars is to entirely take... It's like, it's, it's, it's like why Ready Player One is trash. Ready Player One is a movie and a book and a, and a movie that is... is um, sorry, Ready Player One fans. Um, uh, that's half our audience. Ernest Klein... Um, Ernst maybe I don't know I think it's Ernst um, the author who's like he, he's like and the kid was obsessed with Back to the Future and isn't Back to the Future cool and you nod your head and go yeah Back to the Future is pretty cool and he's got the bike from Akira and Akira is cool and you're like yeah Akira is cool where's the part that you're adding your, your part and he's like and he's got a lightsaber from the Star Wars and you're like okay where's what are you adding to this this is just a series of references that I like and that's not fair. <laughs> yeah. And so, like, sampling can be treated like that. It can be the candy shop experience of, like, remember this? It's so cool that you like this because this is a good thing that I like, too, and I'm not adding anything to it. But that, to me, is what Sh- Shadow really brings to the plate is to say you could dig, not even for rough diamonds, you could just dig for coal. You could dig for just junk, and then that junk can be turned into something else entirely i remember trying to do, i mean obviously it wasn't junk but um flying lotus's aunt was a harp musician right. is that correct what right. was her name yeah yeah yeah. i don't, I don't remember am i I'm, yeah i i want to say it's alice coltrane but I've, i'm probably making I that think up you're, i think you're I, might, right. I might be right whatever the case is yeah he had some famous famous lineage there yeah so she was a she was a famous harp player and i decided that i was like i want to sample because he had sampled her stuff in that's right Cosmogramma. probably cosmogramma yeah and so i was like i want to just see if i can do that mm-hmm. and i tried i was like this is very difficult it's cool. I mean, because it takes. I That's mean, right. Just you with were anything. starting to mess yes, with that. Yes, I was. Sample. I was like, was I want to. I don't want to recreate what he did. Sure. I just want to try to do something that in the he, vein of. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, understanding it, and that's it's very difficult. It's very, very difficult to do. I just want to like a part of me wants to go back and try this again, but there's sure. no need. I have a bajillion hobbies, and there's so <laughs> many other. Just like when it comes to coffee roasting, of course I could do this, but sure. there are people who do it better. To do and I'd it rather well. Just, yeah. I would just rather enjoy. As, as opposed to trying to make it. I'm already doing so much other shit in my life. I'm doing a second podcast <laughs> in my life. <laughs> Maybe just enjoy other people's music for a second. But I, I, I've, I have two comments I want to say about the sort of the timelessness of the album. One is mm-hmm. that, I, and I often thought about that in terms of what it meant to invoke the past. If your whole palette of like sort of work and influence is all, or in fact, the actual very, you know, work itself, which is, you know, working in samples, if all of it is grounded in the past, then it's you. You that you really can't be sideswiped by your shit not being cool anymore. 
because it's a known quantity, right? You're not trying to be out on the edge in terms of like, like what if I wear my hair like this? Is this cool? And mm-hmm. then like in three years, everyone's like, that was definitely not it. It was not cool. Whereas he's already so firmly entrenched in the past. I don't know if you could touch him. And that's so like I remember that's 96, yeah. you know, 96. This already felt old because that those, those are the textures he's playing mm-hmm. with. Later Shadow, he, he wouldn't, he, he thankfully moved on for that. I mean, you have to. Uh, th- this actually, um, Eamon, 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 Eamon Tobin, mm-hmm. um, super modified, bricolage, is a very similar thing. Not hip hop, but more electronic music of like really aggressively chopped uh, jazz samples. And it felt so fresh, but correctly, he's like, I just can't keep mining this shit forever. You know, you, mm-hmm. you, you've done your thing. You need to move. You need to grow as an artist. And I remember being annoyed with DJ Shadow as a stupid kid because you're a stupid kid and you're like, I love this. Make this thing forever the same way. Right. You can't do that. Right. You can't just make introducing part four and be like, some more, just scrape some more samples out of the old shit horse. Yeah. But yeah. If I mean, it's cool. But also, if you were making an album, you're probably choosing some of the best right there. And to keep, you know, I mean, not that there isn't this like endless bucket of amazing yeah, there is, music but it's to like sample he from. Needed to, he needed right. to do something different. So. Yeah. Reinvent yourself in whatever way that you can in this department. So I think about that. And I think my second comment is that um, it's amazing how prescient in terms of the texture of taking a whole um album reconstructed out of the past i think really <sighs> foresees what what a lot of music especially with the internet now it's like you don't i don't, you want you want like that that's how you get vaporwave that's how you get future funk that's how you get some of these very nerdy kind of like internetty um subgenres which are still a lot of fun and really exciting because you don't have to be the guy that goes to the record store and digs underneath a pile of dusty records. It's just, I, you could just search YouTube enough and, and you fly under the radar hard enough, SoundCloud, Bandcamp at all. Who cares about (laughs) clearing, you know, because now there are just so many and it's just, it's, it's wonderful that, um, I really enjoy it. There's so many people that are, have, spiritually or otherwise artistically the kind of the spirit that animated him with this album i feel like you have a lot of artists that work in a kindred way even if they i'm sure a lot of kids don't know this album but they know what they what they know the guys that that stood on his shoulders right yeah absolutely so that's i mean i really don't know what else to say about dj shadows introducing other than other than i really would like to spend more time letting it simmer with me because it's that kind of because yeah while i'm sewing you yep. know, or something like that while I'm cooking, just having this stuff playing in the background. What what 35-year-old mother in the suburbs is listening to DJ Shadows introducing while <laughs> cooking a nice chili <laughs> for the family. But yeah. but yeah, this was a good one. I'm glad. I want to I want to sit with it some more. I want to come back to it. Did you did you want to add anything else about any of the tracks? Anything you wanted to specifically call out for people to to listen to or listen for? Because this was such a hard one to describe. Right. Great album. Right. Yeah. But it is, it's largely instrumental. So it's, it's hard to go track by track and be like, but yeah, it's, it's interesting that you mentioned it was um, affected by him being in a kind of a dark place because it is, there's a lot of dark texture there. And mm-hmm. I think that, I think that's another element that really stuck. I mean, you're a teenager, you got some amount of depression and you know, you like 
seeing that reflected back to you. You yeah. know, I I, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Deaf tones. Putting in follow the leader for the twelfth time today. <laughs> yeah. So this and and yet in a more ambient and in a more um, very cinematic. Obviously, movies are very present in his mind making this, and it is present in our minds we start to see you know again that's that's some of my favorite music right you s- mm-hmm. it sort of suggests a lot of imagery and a lot of you know texture um through through its through its work so yeah i'm, I'm glad glad you gave it a listen yeah i want to go back to it it was it was good to actually be introduced to dj shadow properly there you go as opposed to him just being someone you talk about occasionally <laughs> about once every mm, four or five months and i go who and oh. it just flies out well, the whatever <laughs> so um did you have a takeaway word for this album expansive oh mine is patchwork but i don't think that has the right connotation because mm. patchwork seems like like you can see the seams but that's but not that's not it it was, it was like mm. tapestry maybe tapestry i like that yeah. again like there's just so much taken. Col- or you say, as you said, mosaic, right? Yeah, mosaic. Yeah, that's probably the better word than patchwork. <laughs> <laughs> Patch Adams is my <laughs> takeaway word. What? Patch Adams. <laughs> Fuck. Um, so as I mentioned at the top of the show, Jack's birthday is coming up. Now, your birthday is actually on the day that we typically record. So I don't necessarily want to hold your feet to the candle of... Of or the fire, hold your f- hold, hold the candle on your foot. I don't want to. I want to burn your pants. I don't want to burn your butt on your birthday. But I don't know. Whatever the case is, did you want to call the ep- the episode for this next week or the following one of your birthday week? Whatever album you want, or we can do the one we discussed prior to the show for next week. You you, you make the call. I'll make the call for the next week. We'll, we'll do it. Okay. We'll do it properly. So we are going to cover next week one that I don't really know if i want to cover but i'm probably gonna have a good time i just don't know it yeah, yet you're gonna have a good time um we're gonna cover rumors by fleetwood mac oh yeah i don't know anything about this album other than fleetwood mac had a big year at the end of 2020 yeah or weirdly. the beginning of this year whenever it was when the guy was was drinking that was last year the it's nearly april by the way Fuck. yeah you may know what that means it's almost may baby <laughs> storm season is what storm, she's excited yeah, storm for. Se- I'm leaving. I will. There will be a week where you will not hear from me, and then you may never hear from me again because I'll be crushed under a tornado. It's gonna be so rad. And then I'll listen to these episodes and ooh, 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 ooh. she was still wrong about <laughs> this album. <laughs> oh, ooh, she was such a bitch. <laughs> I loved her. I loved her. Oh, she was still wrong about this one. So that was DJ Shadow, the uh, influencer of so many artists that I love. Didn't really think about where they could possibly come from, but he, and yep. I assume he probably influenced Jay Dilla. Probably. Uh, I mean, in that I scene, would love he could be, uh, at least at the very least, would be considered a contemporary. So Yeah. You know, when I mean, did Jay Dilla start? Couldn't tell you. Fuck. We need to add him to the list. If he's not already on the list. He's not. <gasps> Is he? He's not. We need to add him. Jay Dilla. Listen J- to Jay Dilla. Jay Dilla saved, changed my life. Oh, yeah. Jay Dilla. Donuts. Listen, we're saying a lot of words that if you don't know anything in this realm, I am so sorry. They've already clicked it. off. Don't worry they, about yeah, it. Yeah, it's okay. But you They're following their side quest and, and currently <laughs> listening to Mezzanine, mean, well, you which think we appreciate. On about track eight now? Yeah. <laughs> track eight. Let's check back in on. I, I left yeah. it, I left it playing in, in uh, on my computer and then I just walked away and started bl- listening to the Mezzanine. One of their, are they still talking? Oh, they're still talking about Mezzanine. Maybe I will listen to this one. <laughs> so that was our show thank you guys for listening to episode 12 
Yeah. Of the No Skips podcast. Very well. Next week is Fleetwood Mac. Rumors. Rumors. I don't know anything about this. I might as well go and get started. <laughs> there you go again. Don't don't even start with the refs. <laughs> I'm going to get so many tweets from Errol with just song titles and be like, what are you talking about? And then about six days from now, I'm going to understand everything he was saying. Well, thank you to everyone. Thank you to any new listeners. Yes. I know. Uh, Mark, thank you for, for, yes. for coming coming to the show. He, he got an email. He's like, what's this about a podcast? The podcast? It's us. I'm the, I'm the downside of this, even though this is kind of... The not the downside. I'm, well, I'm here. <laughs> There's, there's rave reviews. She's here. <laughs> she is present and occasionally speaks. Shush. All right, that was episode twelve. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. We'll be back next week with Fleetwood Mac rumors. Have a good one. See ya.